Hey, Bob here, and welcome back to the Your Virtual Upline podcast, where we give network marketers the mindset, strategies, and skills that you need to build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, Bob here. Welcome back to the show. So we've got a special episode planned for all of you today. I have with me a special guest, my very good close friend and our director of coaching, Megan Weisheipel. And Megan is here today to share with you an exciting announcement. She wrote a book and the book is called The Selfish Hour. And so we're going to be talking about her book today. And I think that uh, all of you are going to get a tremendous amount of value out of this episode today. But welcome, Megan. Thank you. I am so excited to be on the podcast here I mean, I hear it all the time. (laughs) We did do one episode a while back where I interviewed you, but now I'm excited to kind of be on the other end of it. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Yeah, well, I'm I'm super excited to talk to you about the book. I know this is something that has been a very long time coming for you, a little bit of a labor of love, but I'm just super proud of you and excited to have you share this with the world because I know it's been something that you've been passionate about. But before we get into the book... Let's, for the benefit of anybody that might not know you, if they're in our community, they know you very well because they get to work with you in our Love, Serve, Grow program. But why don't you just share a little bit about what you do for our company, kind of your role and our the road leading us to working together, I feel like would be interesting to share with people. Well, I always say <laughs> when I am working with people in the community in Love, Serve, Grow, I always say I've been, I'm like, I ask people, how long have you been following Bob? I've been listening to his podcast for years. And I was like, I have everybody beat. I've been following Bob for 20 plus years. (laughs) For better or for worse. Yeah. I've been following him for a long time. And I love to share the story of like, I met Bob on a three-way call. Like that's literally how we met. My Mm. friend Allie called me and said, you got to hear about this new business. It's amazing. I'm like, what is it? She's like, I don't know. You got to talk to this Bob guy. (laughs) And that's literally how it started on a three-way call is yeah. how we met. And then... So that was probably... what? When was that? What year? Do you remember? I mean, early 2000s, right? Uh, 2002. <laughs> 2002. Wow. Isn't that crazy? 20, over 20 years ago. <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Megan was a leader in my first network marketing business and subsequently followed me to... Was it both? It was yeah. both companies. But yeah. here's a funny story <laughs> with it. When you joined the second company, and that's really the one, like you rocked that company. Like that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you joined that second company, I, at that point in my life, had a very successful career. I had the big corner office. I was more working in the mortgage business. Like, And you messaged me on LinkedIn and I ignored you for a year. You mm-hmm. tried to recruit me into that business. I'm doing so good. You got to see this business. Yeah. There's nothing out there like it. Yeah. Like you did all the lines. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not in alignment with what we teach today, for sure. No, we've learned how to like what works <laughs> and what doesn't work. Because that didn't work because I didn't message you back for a year. And I'm always like, I'm the person that ignored Bob Heilig for a year. (laughs) And now look where we are. But it came down that you sent me a message one day and it just said, hey, it's been a long time. How are you doing? And I was like, all right, I'm ready. (laughs) Like That's how we got really connected again. Yeah. And then so you wound up joining me in that second company. company. Yep. Um, So so point being, Megan has been pretty much through every training that I've ever personally been through. So 
we shared the same journey in terms of learning how to build a business. And so we reconnected. Things didn't work out. As most of you know, I started this whole Your Virtual Upline thing. And then so you were kind of also trying to do your own personal brand thing, right? I was. And I, so what it was when in the mortgage industry and having a network marketing business on the side, I always say network marketing taught me how to dream. And when those companies that we were with closed down, I was like, I can't stay in corporate anymore. Like, I don't think I'm very employable in corporate, but I didn't know what to do. So that's when you started your coaching business and you started actually with Periscope and going live and starting that whole part of your business. And I was like, well, that's what I want to do too. You started a mastermind. I joined your mastermind. Mm -hmm. I'm really just trying to figure out what my next step was. And then I just, I call it a corporate refugee. Just one day I quit my corporate job. I remember calling you and you're like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And I just knew that I needed to do something different to just re- recalibrate my life. So that's what I did. But then we joined up again because you kind of said to me, you're like, you're doing this over here. I'm doing this over here. How can we find a way to make this work together? Yeah. Yeah. I was at a point where I was starting to feel a little burned out because I was doing every second of coaching and training. And and here I'm like trying to help you get your business off the ground. And I remember we were we met up for coffee in, yep. in the city. And I th- I think you you probably thought it was a meeting where I was kind of giving you advice. Yeah. And I remember like Shannon said, like, why, you know, why don't you just see if Megan wants to work together with you? And I'm like, I guess that would make sense. And, you know, but it was something that I kind of fought for a while because it's a really scary thing letting go of control of this thing mm-hmm. that you create. And then even though like there's nobody in the world that I would trust more than you to to take the reins it was still a big, scary step for us. And, but it's one that I'm best decision I've ever made in the business for sure. And so, yeah, so Megan has been our director of coaching by title. She does a lot more than just that in the business. But this year we really want, you know, with this more transformational focus of the business, we really want to focus on the experience for our clients and providing higher level coaching. So Megan's going to be a critical part of that moving forward. So, but let's talk about the book. That's why we're really here today. Wow. So, so you wrote a book. I wrote a book. Yeah. I can't believe <laughs> I wrote a book. It was something that has always been inside of me that I always knew one day I was going to write a book. And the reason being is it's like the biggest challenge I've ever had. And I like the challenge of doing it because I've always told myself, and this is part of the book is like, that I'm not smart. Like that was always my underlying, we call it a red light story. My negative thought was always, I'm not smart. And I always wanted to overcome that. So writing a book is like the actual opposite of that story. So that's why I always had the drive to prove to myself that I can do this. But I was actually an event last night and I had done a post on social media saying that I had wrote a, wrote a book like 30,000 words, which is a lot when you sit down to write. And I scrapped the entire thing. Mm. Like I deleted the whole thing because I'm like, I'm not smart enough. This isn't good. Who would read this? This isn't. And I deleted the whole thing about five years ago. And then about four or five months after that, I started over because I still had that desire inside of me to write a book about my journey. Wow. And so so this is 
how long in the making from beginning to end? Five years. Five years. Wow. So that should be encouraging to some of you, I guess. <laughs> well, depending on how you look at it. So, so let's t- talk to me about the concept of where, what the title of the book, The Selfish Hour. Talk a little bit about what what that is, where that came from, because I think it's a really powerful concept. Yeah. So the selfish hour actually started, I came home from work one day, just really frustrated, really upset from some things that had transpired at work. And my husband and I, Nick, we got into an argument because my emotions were all over the place from this day. And he said something to me in this argument. He goes, why do you act like that? Because I would go to this really insecure place. I would, you know, I'm, I'm stupid. I'm not smart. Like this whole thing, I would go to a really insecure place. And he's like, you're in charge of millions of dollars during the day. You're in charge of a team of people, but yet you act like this. And he wasn't doing it in a mean way. He was just kind of challenging me. And that's what started this whole pivot, started this whole journey. So the next day I just questioned, I was like, why do I act like this? And I didn't know how to answer the question. So the next morning I was like, I need to do something different to figure out myself. Like I felt so lost. I felt like I had created this entire life where I had the husband, the kids, the job, the house, but I had lost myself in the process of all of it. Like I felt like I was a shell of a person walking around in this life I created, but didn't know how to like even do it anymore. So I was like, at night when I get home, I'm exhausted. My mind is mush. I have, I can't even function at that point. So I have to do it in the morning. So what I did was I woke up an hour earlier than my family. I woke up at 5.30 to 6.30 and I was like, I'm going to, and I literally just self-titled it my selfish hour. Like I'm going to wake up an hour earlier for my family and I'm going to work on me. And at that time I was like, there's no emails, there's no social media. I literally just have to work on me. So my very first selfish hour I just literally Googled meditation for beginners. Like, I'm like, okay, people say you're supposed to meditate. Like all the answers are found in being quiet. Like I'll do this. And I did one for 10 minutes and I was horrible at it. Like all I thought about was what I have to do that day, the kids, the bills, taxes, work, house cleaning. Like I was like, well, meditation doesn't work for me. I can't do this. Tried it once. Tried it once. I'm no good. It's a scam. (laughs) But like, that's literally where it started. And then I was like, well, what else do I do now? So I Googled or I YouTubed Oprah because I was like, well, Oprah has to have the answers, right? (laughs) So I, and then I just started watching videos and her interviewing people like Wayne Dyer and Tony Robbins and conversations they were having that just really made me think. And what I did was I grabbed a pen and paper and I just started to journal. I just started to get out all of the thoughts that were in my head because they're all, they're so cluttered in there. All of us have all of these thousands and thousands of thoughts going through our head. So I just was like, I need to get these out. I need to figure it out. And so that first selfish hour happened. And I was like, Ooh, that was good. Like I enjoyed just focusing on me. So I literally started to do it every single day. I'd set my alarm and within, like, I would say maybe 10 days, I would just wake up on my own and started getting up and I would have that hour to myself. And it I kept working on my meditations. Like I still, but for two years straight for every single morning, weekends included, I would wake up an hour earlier than my family and I worked on myself. And what that taught me was I needed to go through my past in order to get to the future of where I am today. I needed to deal with stuff from my past thoughts that were holding me back. Why am I choosing to act this way? Why am I choosing to think this way? And when I realized it really was a choice, I also learned that I could choose to think 
differently. Mm. And that's what the book is about, is really about my journey of how I went through my past and was able to like look at it through a crystal ball and go, oh, that's why I made that decision. That's why I chose that relationship. That's why I moved. I was able to understand my decision. So if I don't want history to repeat itself, I now can understand I can, I'm in control to make different choices about how I want my future to unfold. Yeah. So it was just really just kind of creating, it started just creating a space where you could just get present, right? Really? Exactly. Yeah, well yeah, said. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because we, we, I mean, I know me, right? I, I'll have a tendency to do, to never do that because it's always like, what's the next thing that needs to get done? What's the next thing? And then it's the kids and then it's this and then it's that. And so just, you know, and I like this because, you know, like I feel like probably most people have read like the miracle morning and stuff. And, and I read the book too. And, and what I found though, is it's like, you know, like having this long list of things to do, it it felt like I was getting right back into like, check the next thing off the list. And so I I like how you're presenting this because it's really just, it's just creating space in your life and being able to process your thoughts. And it's not so much about like doing the next thing. It's just being, and it's kind of sitting in that, which feels powerful to me. 100%. And I would say, cause just cause I was, I'm a mom, like, especially like everything was reactionary. Just like you said, it was the next thing. And what do I have to do? And I was always very uh, accomplished or productive or slash busy, but this is a space where I was able to sit with my thoughts, not just think them, but you said the word process them. Like, why am I doing that? Why am I doing this? And like, I would literally say, like, write down, why am I feeling this way today? I'm feeling this way because, and then I would keep asking myself why until I cried, until like, why, what is going on inside of me? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I choosing to act this way? So then I just really went from being reactionary in my life to responding, like very proactive in how I was doing things. And then Nick started to notice, he's like, what is going on here? Like, you're in a very different space like, are, are you changing? Like what's happening here? I was like, I'm just finally starting to understand myself. And that's a really powerful mm-hmm. place to be. But it all happened from just taking an hour every single morning to spend time with myself, to journal, to be grateful for the things that I used to take for granted. Yeah. So when you say, when I'm curious, when you say understand yourself, can you speak a little bit more on what, what that means to you? Yeah. Cause what understanding myself meant of why am I always conditioned to respond to a certain circumstance the same exact way? And it was the environment that I grew up in. It was cultural conditioning. It was all these things in my life that if this happens, this is how I respond. And I started to learn of like, I can choose to respond differently. Like just because I responded to that circumstance one way yesterday or even earlier in the day, I can actually take a completely different viewpoint on it because it's my choice to view that differently. So that's where I really wanted to understand myself because sometimes when you're around this group of friends, you act this way or you do something over here. And when you're with this group, I'm going to act this way or I'm a different person, but you lose yourself in the process. You lose the authenticity of who you are. And then as you get older, you're like, well, then who am I? <laughs> like, I wear all these titles. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm, you know, a business owner, I'm a volunteer, I'm a coworker, like I'm all of these titles. But when you wear all these titles in there, I always say, if you imagine it like a jacket that you're putting on, all of a sudden that just weighs you down. So what if you were to take off all these titles? Like, 
who's left? You take off all of those heavy jackets that you have on, like who is left there? And that's where I started to understand myself. So now I feel I can authentically show up as me and I love me for me, not for anybody others, anybody else's opinions yeah. of that. And being in that space is really powerful. Yeah. So it's like, you know, Megan is a, she's a certified life coach, the life coach school. So they have the model, we have a variation, we teach the formula, but it's really just, it's that thought management piece, which starts with awareness, right? So we all, we all have these patterns of thinking and reacting to our circumstances and we get triggered and we think something, we feel something, we do something. Most of us are completely unconscious of that even happening, right? It's like we just feel like we're a victim of our circumstances. So what you're talking about is really starting with just learning how to identify your thoughts and understanding that what you think influences the way you feel. And that's it. So like just being able to break those patterns and create new ones where it's like, to your point, it's more, how do I want to respond? Being more intentional about your thoughts and feelings. Yeah. That's, that's, no, that's the word awareness. Like I talk about that a lot in the book is just, that's the biggest thing. And people always say, oh, if you can go back to your 20 year old self, like what, what lesson or what would you tell yourself? And I'm always like, awareness, like becoming very self-aware and not just how you're showing up, but how are you feeling? How are you thinking? And why are you feeling that way? Like what is triggering? What is causing that? And so now that's the biggest lesson that I have learned is just being very aware of how I'm feeling in a moment and what is triggering me to feel that way in the moment. And is it triggering or am I am I choosing to feel that way? Because I try to teach this to my kids. I'm like, I'm in my forties and learning these lessons and trying to teach them to my kids. When my daughters will say, she made me feel that way. I'm like, nobody can make you feel any way unless you choose it. And that I'm like, I'm in 40 trying to figure out, I'm trying to teach her to a seven year old. That's a hard (laughs) concept for somebody to grasp that doesn't understand this kind of work. Well, that's why I'm like, if I could teach it to them young, maybe that they'll ingrain in them. But it's such a valuable thing, right? To be able to give to someone. Yeah. So I I think of it as presence, right? Awareness, presence, same thing. And and it's like where I think that's an important um, concept to understand is just notice how how we're not, we're never present. Like we just, we go through our day and we're just, we're in this hustle mode. We're doing, we're doing, we're doing, we're going, we're going, we're going to do list goal this. We never actually take the time to ask ourselves what's driving all of that, Mm -hmm. right? Like what are the, um, I think one of the most valuable things that I do is just ask myself, what's, what are the emotions that are driving me to want to work so hard? What am I trying to get out of this? Cause it's like, how many times have we seen with our clients, we have these quote unquote, successful leaders that come to us that are miserable in their businesses because they thought the big rank was going to bring them what they wanted. And they got there to realize, I don't feel any different. I feel worse in a lot of cases. So what you're teaching is really, it's a way to break free from that kind of trap that a lot of people fall into. Absolutely. And it's the achievement trap of what you always teach is like, you always want to get to that next goal or that next rank or what something you're achieved for. And then you get there and you go, I don't feel any different. Like maybe I have more money in the bank or maybe I have now, you know, a nicer house or a nicer car, but I don't feel any different. And what the selfish hour, the book and just creating your own selfish hour teaches you is that it's not about those material things. Like those are great. And I love them too. 
but it is about how you feel about yourself and how you show up. And just like Love Serve Grow, it's putting love at the center of it all. But a lot of times we are pouring into everybody else's cup to make sure that they're happy and this is going good and everything else. And I always, I say in the book, I'm like, half the time, I don't even know where my cup is during those years. I was like, pour into your cup. I'm like, my cup's probably spilled over somewhere, leaving a stain. I don't even know where it is because I was so worried about everybody else. And this is just really like, I redefined the meaning of selfish in the book and selfish really means love for yourself first so that you can pour in more into others. It's really so much about other people that you're willing to put yourself first to make sure that you are the best version of yourself so you can be good for everybody else. Hey, just wanted to jump in here real quick because I've got one big ask for you. Look, you know we don't advertise on the podcast and my intention is to not sell or pitch you on the show this year. We just want to deliver free content that is 10 times better than what you've paid for to help you transform your business. So my ask is this, help me spread the word of Love Serve Grow so we can change lives, help people that are struggling in their business and transform our profession. The only way we can do that is if you take the time to rate, review, and share this podcast. So that's my big ask. Just take a few seconds right now, wherever you're listening, leave a review. It would absolutely mean the world to me and it might just change the life of someone else. So thank you so much for being a part of our community. It's one of the most selfless things is mm-hmm. to be selfish, right? Yes. You know, it's like you can't give to someone else what you haven't first given to yourself, Correct. which I think is powerful. So I'm curious. So in the book, do you give them kind of a framework to follow in terms of how to start this process? Yeah. So I went, it's not every chapter, but every couple chapters, there's different parts to say, here's what you can journal. Here's what you can think about. Here's how you can do this. And I give you exactly how I went through my selfish hours. And here is some guidance on how to do it. So by the end of the book, not only do you know my journey of what it started like and what the outcome was, but also how to do it yourself. Yep. So, so for somebody that has never done it, it's just, it's giving them the simple steps on how right. to actually start making progress. Correct. How long do you think, it sounded like you saw some benefits pretty quickly. How long do you think you had to do it before you real like you started actually noticing, like I was feeling different? Like what, what were some of those things that changed in you when you first started the process? Honestly, it was day one because I, I had never given time to myself. I actually thought like self care time was like going to get my nails done or grocery shopping by myself or just when you have young kids, it's all about everybody. It's about them and your family. But it was after that day one where I was like, oh, there's, you know what it was? I knew that there was so much more to dig into. Like it just opened Pandora's box. And I was like, oh, there's so many questions that I have. And I knew the answers were held in that hour. So it was more about like the curiosity of what else can I uncover about myself that I knew was there? So I kept showing up and every day that I would show up, I would dig something deeper or I would, I would answer a question to myself that would have 10 more questions behind it. And I was like, oh, well, that, then what else is there behind this? So I just yeah. kept digging and digging and digging and the curiosity. And some days, I was on the floor crying. Like I was literally in the fetal position crying of this stuff that I had to relive because things that happen in our childhood, like we just try to put them in the past or like lock them away or like this never happened. So I tried to like shove all of that, but I realized the reason that it was coming up is like I had to deal with some of this stuff. Like I had to take it head on and I had to deal with it. And it wasn't about 
confronting people or anything. Like I just needed to feel it and I need to be aware of it in order to heal from it. And I never gave myself the space to do that. Yeah. And that's really what happened for me. But that can be, I know that's hard, right? Correct. Yeah. Having the courage to to face those feelings because yep. we we have a natural tendency to want to resist. Yes, so what what advice would you give to somebody that knows they need to do that? They know something's off, they feel off, but there's that fear of revisiting things that maybe have happened. Would, do you have any advice that you could give? Yeah. So it's the word resistance. As soon as you start to do this, resistance comes up of like, and I talk about in the book, I was like, if you have this resistance and this feeling coming up of, I don't want to go there, that's actually God, the universe, whatever that is to you, giving you a tap saying, it's time to go there. Yeah, It's time to deal with this. And I, I always say that someday I'm going to be sponsored by Kleenex because I make everybody cry. Like that's a goal of mine to be sponsored by Kleenex. An ambassador because it is it is difficult but that's where you grow we don't grow by just pushing it to the side and acting like it didn't happen because what you have to do is feel the feeling from beginning to end and every time we start to feel that feeling we feel anxious but every time we start to feel that feeling we push it away so what the selfish hour taught me was how to feel a feeling from beginning to end and realize it's just a vibration in my body like it is just a feeling like maybe my hands get sweaty, my gut like starts to get sour or I get a little sweaty, but it's just a feeling and it goes away. Yeah. So when you can sit with that feeling, that's actually growth. But we've always been taught to deflect, move away, have a drink, eat some food, scroll social media to redirect our mind from actually feeling the feeling. Yeah. So when you have that resistance that comes up, it's actually just sitting with the urge and to do something else and just sitting in that. And that's where I always tell everybody, grab a pen and a paper and write down what you're feeling, what's going on in your mind to just start to declutter. I always say like, try to unscramble the eggs that are in your mind. Like we try to figure it out in our heads to get answers. And that's actually not where you can figure it out. You either have to type it into your computer. You have to write it out. You have to speak it because that's the only way that you can actually learn to deal with it. So, so it's like, and that's important is you can't, solve a problem through the same means in which it was created. Correct. It was created in your mind. You're not going to solve it in your mind. And that's what most people try to do. They try to think their way through it and you can't think your way. You have to feel your way through oh, it. Good. And yep. and so, but what that's, you have to write down the thoughts because when you write them down, you detach from them, right? Well, and then the, and you see them for what they are, right? Which are just works. Yeah. And sometimes I would write things. I always say in the coaching sessions of like, if somebody were to break in my computer, cause I have a, a folder on my desktop of all just my conversations to myself. I'm like, people would think I'm crazy. They're going to be like, <laughs> Megan, you've got to go. This is crazy. But I just have conversations with myself and I get it out. And sometimes I will laugh when I see what I wrote. I'm like, that's what you're worried about. <laughs> like, I'm worried about what so-and-so from high school will think that person that you haven't seen in 25 years, you're worried about what they're going to think if you message them. Like that's really what's stopping you from creating the life from with your family that you want. Like yeah. that seems ridiculous when you write it on paper. Well, I think a big, I think a big part of this is really tuning into this feeling of being stuck. 
Like in our business, that's probably one of the number one things. I just feel stuck. And recognizing that 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 feeling of stuck, it's a sign, right? You know, I like to say it's a it's a spiritual sign. Like for me, I know if I'm feeling stuck, that's God's way of telling me that I'm not growing anymore. I've gotten complacent, right? I'm I'm in I'm in my comfort zone. There there are things that I'm being called to do beyond where I am that I'm resisting. And so that's where the the stuck comes in. Stuck is actually something that you shouldn't, you should feel good about. Like, it's like, you know, your body, when you're hungry, you need food. It, it, it's, it cues you in with hunger. Your stomach starts grumbling. And to me, that's the same thing. Like when I start feeling stuck, I identify why am I feeling stuck? What am I, what is God leading me to do that I'm not doing that I know that I need to? And then, so what you're presenting is an actual step-by-step process. Cause it's one thing to say, just do it. But it's a whole other thing to actually give somebody a step-by-step plan to do it so we can grow and we can become more. Yeah. And that's exactly what it's in the book where I give like different step-by-steps and I'm also creating something outside of it to help guide people on their own selfish hour journey because the power of just doing this and learning how to do it. And it's not crazy learned skills. It's sitting with yourself and how to sit with a feeling (laughs) like. It's not something like scientific here. You're like, hey, if you feel the urge to not sit with yourself, just sit in. I always say like lean into the discomfort, like lean into that, grab a pen and paper and write it down. And I actually have like different journal prompts and different things to give people that help them in this process too, because people will sit down and say, I'm stuck. Well, what does I'm stuck mean? Like, what are you stuck doing? Are you stuck in mud? Like, are your feet stuck? No, no, no. I'm just stuck in my mindset. Well, you've taught me this, like anytime you're stuck, it just means you don't have a plan. Yeah. Like you just need to sit down and like, okay, what are all the things that are on my plate? What is, and I always say, what's the next best thing that I can do to move myself and my business forward? Like one thing. And that's what gets you unstuck in those positions. So what we're talking about, another way to say it is it's emotional intelligence. Yeah. Right. And I think from a leadership perspective, this is so important. I was just, I was coaching a client the other day and- she wasn't able to do this. Like she wasn't able to recognize what she was thinking and feeling. Like she just physically was not allowing herself to do it. And so what I try to get her to understand is this is impacting the way that you lead people. Because if you don't have emotional, if you don't have EQ and you're not aware of your own feelings, you're never going to be able to acknowledge the way somebody else is feeling. And when we dug into it, what we found is she's always, she was a fixer. Somebody would say, you know, I don't believe in myself. And she would immediately go to, oh, don't say that about yourself, right? Encourage, encourage, but not validating someone in the way they feel. And so I feel like when we learn how to do this ourselves, it makes us such a better leader because we can create a space of presence for other people. And that's where transformation occurs, right? Absolutely. And I said, that's one of the best skills that I've learned in doing this because now in my coaching for the people that have been on my Zooms or that have worked with me, like that's what I do now is I create a safe space for others to go on their own journey, for others to feel. And that's why I say like everybody that comes on my calls and they coach with me, like they always end up crying. But I was like, that's what I create. And that's what I said. I used to apologize for making people cry, but I don't anymore because now I know I'm doing my job of creating this space that allows you to one, acknowledge what's going on. And when can you can acknowledge it, then you can feel it. And when you feel it, you can heal from it. 
And that's what has to happen. But it does make you a better leader because when you can get to this side where you can now allow other people to go through it, now you're teaching them and creating that space to teach them how to deal with their own stuff. And when people can deal deal with it, that's how you get out of your own way. That's when you can actually achieve those things you want in life. Because I hear people say all the time, I just can't get out of my own way. I'm stuck in my head. Well, this is what it is. <laughs> like this is why you can't get out of your own way because you're creating your own roadblocks that actually you have the power to remove. So, one other question for you: What? Talk to me about the because I'm sure there's a lot of people that are listening to this. Myself, I am one of these people included that probably have this feeling like they want to share their story in the form of a book at some point. Um, what did you? Two parts of the question. What did you find most challenging about the process and what advice would you give someone having gone through it in terms of like doing it for themselves? The most challenging part to me, it took me five years. So consistency, it says it right in how long it's taken me because I have this story that I am stupid that started in the fifth grade but that would always come up. So every time I would sit down to write, I would be like, who do you think you are? You're no Mel Robbins. You're, you, you don't write books. Like you read books, you don't write them. So I had to overcome my mindset. Like I had to be bigger than my biggest excuse every single day. Like every time I sat down to write and some days that my negative thoughts would win and I wouldn't write. And some days I would take a month off. Like I wouldn't write. And then I would go back to write and I would look at it and be like, oh, that's all terrible. And I would delete, 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 delete. And I would rewrite that again. So I rewrote some of the chapters multiple times. And like, that was really, but that was my journey in doing it. Like I finally got to the end of it. But in that process, what I had to overcome was realizing I'm not just a speaker. I am a writer. Like I can show up and I can do this. My issue was perfectionism. I was like, I don't have the perfect grammar. I speak in different contexts over here, but that's why you hire an editor to make it all flow and look good. (laughs) So I just had to conceptually, and that's what the editor told me. She's like, you write in such a way that people understand. And for the people that have already have read the intro and the uh, first chapter of the book, the biggest thing I hear is I can feel what you're saying. I can feel it. I can relate to it because I speak like you and I are speaking right now. It's not like people can be able to read this book in an afternoon because it just feels like we're having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, Those are the books that I love most, right? You just, you you feel like you're sitting in a part of a conversation, just listening in. Yeah. So on that note, tell them where, so they they can get access to the first chapter for free. Correct. So tell them where they Yeah, it's on it's on my website at meganspeaks.com. Megan spelled M-E-G-A-N-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. And you can download the intro in the first chapter of the book. And then you can purchase the book on May 3rd on Amazon or anywhere that you get books. Awesome. So depending on when you're listening to this, may already be available. We'll put all of that information in the show notes and and we'll give you the the links and all that good stuff. So listen, I'm super proud of you. You know, the, this whole book thing for me has been, a, as you know, a, a, a very touchy subject for me. I have hired someone to write a book for me that, that was the literal worst experience I've had in my life. Total failure with, you know, $50,000 down the drain. 
it's something I've resisted for years that I know I'm being called to do, that I need to do. And so I just have a lot of admiration for you having the courage to go through the process, to commit to the process, and to create this finished product that I know is going to make a difference in a lot of people's lives. Good. So, Thank yeah. you. I yeah. appreciate that. And you've been here since the beginning of the journey. Like yeah. when I was like, hey, I'm writing a book and I'm going to do this. And finally, it was last year where my husband kept saying to me, Nick would say, when are you going to get a publisher? When are you going to get an editor? And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. That means somebody has to read it. <laughs> that means somebody's going to have to read the book. And then when I finally did it, it was such, it was, it's been such an amazing journey because when the, that started, I hired the editor and publisher a year ago. It's taken a year to actually get yeah. it produced and turned into not just a Google doc, but actually something you can hold in your hands. Well, just, but just to be clear though, as of the time of this recording, not many people have actually read it. I know. It makes so me scared. So yeah. So talk, talk <laughs> about that. Like share how you're feeling. I mean, you've spent five years pouring your heart and soul at your story. I mean, this is your story and there are parts of the story that are very personal. And, you know, there may be people in your life that may not love to hear what some of the things you say, but you're there, like you're at the finish line and you're getting ready to put this thing out into the world. I mean, that's got to feel a little scary. It's so scary. So uh, I was on a call with the editor in my book cohort and they said, oh, the day your book launches, like it's a big launch party. Aren't you so excited? And I was like, no, I want to hide in a closet in a dark room when everybody gets the book because a lot of people keep all of their skeletons in the closet and I've written mine in a book to share with the world. And like, that's scary to say, here's me. Like, here is all of me, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything is there. But the one thing that my editor said that really made it so much better for me is she goes, the book is written from a person that is healed, not from a victim. And that made me really good because the reason that I wrote this book, one, there was a pride in doing it to achieve a goal to like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to publish a book. There's a piece of that. But the bigger piece of why I wrote this book was to help you that is listening right now, to help somebody else sit with the feeling and work through something and believe that you can achieve whatever goal is growing inside of you. Because if I always say, if God planted a dream in your mind that only you can see. But if you can see it and learn how to believe in it, you can actually achieve it. So if this small town country girl from Ohio can be living this life that I created now and to write a book and to publish a book, you can do anything. And like, that's really why I did this is that I am bearing myself out here not for you to get to know me better, but for you to know that I am just like you. I've gone through all the same issues as everybody else out there. I just kept showing up every single day. That's the only difference. All right. That feels like a good place. That's my drop moment right there. So well, listen, everybody, go check out Megan Speaks, way better than Megan by the way. I was Megan like, Megan. I was like, I hope it's not Megan Weisheipel. Weisheipel. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I hope I hope it's yeah. So MeganSpeaks.com, the selfish hour. Depending on when you're listening, you can uh you might be able to go get it on Amazon. So Megan, thank you for being here. Check out the book. We'd love to get your thoughts on it too. If you're a part of our community, 
reach out to Megan. We'll put her her Instagram link in the show notes as well. Reach out to her. Tell her what you think about the book. So thanks for being here, Megan. Thank you so much, Bob. I appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome.